Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with The Pop Health Show, and this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. And I'm very excited. I have David Cry on this show. David is the CEO of Canyon Atlantic Healthcare. David's gonna tell you a lot more what he's focused on today. He has a vast level of experience in different C-suite roles across a variety of different healthcare industries, but I'm not gonna steal his thunder. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you, happy to be here. Great, great. Well, we love to start off, as you know, always going into origin stories. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started? What draw drew you to where you're at today? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, early in life, we've uh, had a couple of experiences with healthcare and runnings, and, uh, and by the time I was trying to figure out um, what I wanted to do with my life, I ended up um, being the owner of probably a dozen orthopedic surgeries, results from you know not taking good care of my body, playing sports, and doing other things. So, um, looked at pre med, and then um, had some family friends that said, you know, being a physician may not be the rest best role for you. I was very um, analytical and numbers inclined, so I went into health administration and got an MBA, um, generic MBA. Um, first job out of school was working as an accountant in a medium-sized not-for-profit. Um, enjoyed that role and then kind of moved up the ladder all the way, you know, through CFO roles to chief operating roles and then chief executive officer of um, several hospitals, primarily focused on in the for-profit space. Um, both urban and rural, and then uh, most recently had responsibility for 17 facilities and seven markets in two states. And then about a year and a half ago, decided that um, there's a better way to deliver healthcare. And uh, one of the things we focus on at Canyon Atlantic, myself and my partners, is providing a platform that will allow people to receive healthcare in a different way. And primarily, what that means is, you know, a lot of these Procedures that are being done in hospitals now can be done in ambulatory surgery settings, which is more convenient for physician and patient, and also saves a lot of money and, and undue burden on the healthcare system. Um, if you look at some of the procedures that we're focusing on in the ambulatory surgery setting, uh, insurance companies, including Medicare, will incur roughly 40 or 50 cents on the dollar relative to having the same care delivered in acute care hospitals. So that's something we're pretty excited about. Yeah, no, Dave, it's, uh, it's super fascinating what, what you're doing at Canyon and, and what you've done. I mean, you've always had this history and theme of, of growth, right? Growing hospitals, yes, growing medical, medical facilities, growing these processes. And it sounds like you've embedded all those philosophies and experience into Canyon. Um, in terms of the things that you're working on at Canyon Atlantic Healthcare right now and some of the, the growth opportunities, some of which you mentioned in ambulatory, can you speak a little bit more on you know, some of the, the passions that you have, that what you're passionate about, what you're doing today, or the, or the areas of opportunity of what you're working on that has you really excited, whether it's going a little bit more deeper onto the ambulatory side or some of the other things. Just love to hear more about what you're doing. Sure, sure. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, we see great opportunity, number one, um, to partner with physicians who generally haven't been partnered with before. Um, and when I say partner, I mean make, giving them an equity stake in the operations, which is, you know, ambulatory surgery centers afford that opportunity. Um, and having physicians who previously haven't had that opportunity because Medicare codes didn't exist for a lot of the procedures that they were doing. So 
So they were stuck in the hospital setting and, and they weren't able uh, to move those procedures to the outpatient setting until recently. And um, when I talk about those things, I mean, you know, the interventional vascular cases, the spine cases, the neuro cases, um, you see a lot of hips and or knees being done in outpatient ambulatory surgery centers. And I think hips are next. Um, we think there's a great opportunity um, to continue and try to stay a little bit ahead of that curve. Um, we'll continue to see more procedures being approved to be done on the outpatient basis, more codes approved by Medicare for those procedures to be done on the outpatient basis. And again, much less cost to the patient, much less cost to the uh, healthcare system, the, in, the insurance companies uh, and our friends at Medicare. And also it gives the physicians an opportunity to not just participate economically, but have true governance over their own operation over how things run in an ambulatory surgery center. They have a much larger mm-hmm. Our role really is to guide them and to give them governance over the ambulatory surgery center so they can take charge of their own future and they can take charge of their own practice and how things run in the facilities that they practice. We think that's a pretty exciting opportunity for everybody. Yeah, no, it's, it, it feels like you're creating that, uh, a good, you know, psychology or, or skin in the game for the physicians. And, um, you know, what's really interesting about what you're doing is so there's a, a huge phenomenon happening with ambulatory and outpatient, as you've mentioned, and as you and I, you and I have talked about in the past. But can you explain a little bit for our audience, the, like, why is this shift to, you know, the focus on outpatient and ambulatory? Like, why are these shifts happening? Obviously, we're in like this fee-for-value movement. Maybe you can give uh, our listeners a little bit more context that may not be familiar with the the uh, the overall macroeconomics and why this shift is happening or the opportunity that it bears with it in this, uh, this current societal shift that we're in. Well, I'll certainly try my best and uh, uh, feel free to ask follow-up questions if I don't completely answer that. Sure. Sure. The trend that the trend that we see um, in, in recent studies have dictated that um, through 2026, there's um, estimated 6.2 percent growth in ambulatory surgery center volumes moving forward. You also see the um, technology emerging, which will allow cases which previously had been done in hospitals to be done in an outpatient setting. We um, are working with a spine surgeon in, that works in two markets. And he's developed technology where he has actually performed 23 craniotomies on an outpatient basis. The brain surgery is being done in the morning and the patient going home in the evening and having phenomenal outcomes, high, high quality outcomes, great care for the patient. They don't have to sit in the hospital for a couple of days. That does a couple of things. It makes a better experience for the patient. It gives the physician governance over how he's going to practice and what they how things work when he's doing things in his own facility. And number three, um, it continues to move that bar, continues to capitalize on the opportunity that the technology provides, have quicker recovery times that allows physicians to do amazing things on an outpatient basis and allows the patient to be at home. I think in the future, 10 years from now, you'll see even less inpatient days in hospitals. And 20 years from now, it will be significantly less inpatient days in hospitals. Because of the advent of technology, it allows for things like craniotomies to be done on an outpatient basis. It allows things like putting stents in um, arteries and veins um, to help save people's lives to be done on an outpatient basis. So those are things that we're really excited about. 
mm-hmm. the development of the healthcare technology and, and procedures. And there's a lot of very, very bright people out there who are physicians that are kind of leading this charge um, with their development of technology. So it's mm-hmm. it's so yeah, it's very interesting on on you know what what you're working on and and the shift that's happening. So thank you for that explanation for the uh, you know the economics and the 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 shift that is happening today. Um, curious, Dave, how does like technology play a role in what you do? Like how, how did it play a role in this space and how, how is it affecting your world or how are you seeing technology, um, you know, change or shift or enable, you know, your processes of what you work on uh, today? I think the technology is allowing these procedures to become much less invasive. Um, you know, when I was a kid and that was, well, I hate to tell you, but 30 years ago, 35 years ago, my mom went to the hospital to have a gallbladder surgery. They made a six-inch incision, and she stayed in the hospital for three or four days. Now, mm. your gallbladder take her up, taken out. It's you know two pinholes. They do it laparoscopically, and you know patient goes home the same day. So that's a pretty good example. Now you take the next leap, and you think about um, how we access things to do interventional vascular work. Um, you know, vascular surgery used to be an open procedure where they would cut you open with a large incision and take care of your veins either um, surgically remove them and then stretch them and tie them back together. But now you see where they can go in through um, a hole in your groin or now, you know, with the radial access, a small hole in your arm, that they can run the wire to where it needs to go. The fluoroscopy has improved or or the ability to image that um, procedure. So the physicians have remarkable visibility into what they're doing. Um, in an outpatient environment with much less radiation than had been done in the past as well. So that technology continues to move forward. Um, and I think you'll see the same thing continue to happen across the spectrum. You know, new advent and total knee replacement being done on an outpatient basis, the same thing. Uh, the techniques continue to develop as well as the technology. Interesting. Yeah, no, it, the the technology definitely is making things a lot more common and easier, uh, which is which is really exciting. You know, one one you know topic, a few topics that always come up in the technology space, you know, on our show is uh, telemedicine, um, artificial intelligence. Um, can you speak of any of those elements? Like, do you, th- do you is telemedicine or AI playing any role, or or data, or getting access to electronic health records? Uh, any of that playing a role in the space that that you're focused on? We see the um, role in, or the impact of technology um, in our space through ways that we discussed, um, and then also through the ability to have you know information sharing is eons ahead of where it had been in the past. Again, you know, even when you think about patient medical records, most people think about you know a big stack of papers that's put together in a file folder. Uh, now that's not the case. Um, most of the patients that we encounter um, will have completely electronic medical records, but most importantly, the electronic data or the electronic images that go with that allow our physicians to get a great picture of what they're going to run into when they get the patient into the operating room. So mm-hmm. as far as artificial intelligence, not so much, um, but as you look at population health and big data and what's happening there, I know that our physicians are very excited about that. Um, we've talked to several insurance companies about um, how we work together um, on those trends. They are 
remarkable at aggregating data and identifying trends um, through age groups uh, and other demographics that they can identify almost ahead of time to anticipate where the needs are going to be. Um, and I think in the next five to 10 years, you're going to see companies like ours work very closely with them to say, hey, if you have an anticipated need in the market, we can be one step ahead of that and help develop um, platforms, mm-hmm. procedures to be delivered as America ages and as their covered lives age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super. And along those, I mean, along that thought, Dave, what about, um, so you have the payers and providers and, you know, these these innovations in the market of, you know, making these processes talk with each other. Can you speak at all to, you know, how this new, like, fee-for-value or bundled payment world, um, you know, affects what you're doing or your processing enables, you know, more efficiency of, like, these bundled payments? Obviously, like, cardiology, you know, ortho and oncology are, are big areas for this whole, you know, BPCI or bundled payment movement. Mm-hmm. Can you speak at all to, you know, how, how these two worlds are, are working together or how, the, how, you know, your company will enable um, these processes to work together even more? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, we think that we are uniquely positioned on the ambulatory surgery center side, the bundled payment. Because remember, a lot of the physicians that are performing procedures in the facility are owners of the facility as well. So it's a much easier process to navigate through how does that bundled payment come in the door? How does it get distributed? What does it look like? Um, rather than where you're trying to share it with an acute care hospital and get your medical staff to come to the table with a completely different entity. This really is one entity. You have physicians who are ownership in the business of um, the ambulatory surgery center and oftentimes at real estate of it as well. So it really puts us one step ahead uh, to being uniquely positioned to capitalize um, on the bundled payment scenarios that are coming out and becoming more and more common. Um, And you know, providing that care with remarkable results as well. Super, super interesting, Dave. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And then, you know, along the lines of the physicians that you're enabling and really kind of, you know, growing growing that business and business mindset and operational, um, you know, ownership, um, tell us a little bit about the clients you desire to have. Like, you know, you're, you're helping out the most. So for our listeners listening, it's it's really like if you're a physician out there, in ambulatory or outpatient, you know, they should give you a call or who's your ideal, you know, customer? You know, um, like we talked about earlier in the show, we really focus on those cases that are just now coming out of the acute care market. Right, right. New center companies out there um, that do great work, uh, that have been involved with general surgeons and Mm -hmm. guys for a long, long time. Uh, We focus a lot on the Interventional vascularized, interventional radiology folks, the neuro guys, the ortho spine, uh, those folks who haven't had an opportunity to participate in this kind of model because the ability to do the cases on the outpatient or in the ambulatory surgery center didn't exist before. But again, with the right. technology and the codes coming on board, those folks who are now moving those kind of heavier lifting cases or higher end cases or maybe higher acuity cases from the hospital into the ambulatory surgery center environment. That's kind of the folks that really work well um, in our model. Um, And we've seen great success um, in a variety of markets. Um, Yeah. 
And I think it's yeah. a good opportunity for guys who have always kind of been locked into one spot to now have right. Right. Yeah. There's this new movement going on and it seems like you're enabling that movement and, um, you know, can modernize the processes to kind of, you know, correct the economics that really, really should be in place today. So it's really exciting what you're, what you're focused on, Dave. Um, let me ask you, so, you know, we talked about your origin story and kind of what you're passionate about today and what you're working on. Tell us, Dave, a, a little bit about your vision of the future in regards to health or anything that you, you're passionate about, you know, seeing come to fruition in the future or tell us your vision of the future when it comes to, to health. Well, I think as you look at, especially metropolitan markets, um, that you have large centers that um, kind of serve as a pull point for the population. Um, I think we're going to continue to see um, smaller, more nimble, um, more service-oriented access points for healthcare for the general population. Um, and I think in the rural markets where they don't have a lot of specialties, um, you'll continue to see rural markets struggle on the acute care side. Um, but I think there needs to be kind of a regional network set up in some of those rural areas. So the folks who live in those rural areas are, don't have to travel two or three hours to get care, but rather, you know, cut that commute time down by a significant margin, 40, 50, 60 percent. So people right. will access health care much, much closer to home. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see less and less things being less and less procedures, less and less care delivered in the you know big box behemoth acute care centers. And they'll really turn into tertiary centers that um, serve the sickest of the sick and um, the healthy healthcare care uh, folks or, or the folks who aren't you know, in an intensive care unit or requiring a transplant will be able to receive care much, much closer to home by some of these smaller access points. That's exciting, Dave. Yeah, no, access to healthcare and being able to come up with that kind of like a more efficient hub and spoke model would be super exciting to hear, right? You know, the commute time, transportation, and just getting access to care more efficiently. Um, you know, and it sounds like your organization's really in line to, to help enable that, that future to occur. I mean, not just that aspect, but, you know, the other dimensions uh, we just went through. So uh, congratulations on the success and growth of, of Canyon and your, your um, you know, it's really exciting to see your theme of, you know, helping medical facilities and healthcare facilities grow and just excited to see your company grow as well. And so I'll be rooting here on the, on the sidelines. But um, Dave, let me ask you, for our listeners out there that want to be able to engage with you and get a hold of you, what's a good way to, to, to get a hold of you and engage with you? You know, I think the best way to do that is to reach out directly um, through email. It's david, D-A-V-I-D dot cry, K-R-E-Y-E at canyonatlantic.com. Canyon Atlantic's all one word. Great, great. Well, now, we'll, we'll definitely, you know, put that in the show notes. Um, David, thanks for doing this episode, and it was great to have you on the show. Appreciate the opportunity. Great to talk. Great. Thanks, thanks, David. And thanks so to much. all our listeners, yeah, thanks so much. And, you know, to our listeners out there, again, this is the Pop Health Show. Thanks so much.